Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, this is Tony Mala broadcasting from the Daytona International Speedway at the Automotive Service Association of Florida Foundations Training and Trade Show event. And I'm talking today with John Greenfield, president of JJ's Auto Care, and Ryan Stafford, his lead technician. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having us. John, the reason I wanted to talk to you is I was uh, approached by several people who told me that you were the man I needed to get on the show because you did something very magnanimous and I think that should be shared. You sponsored a young technician to come to this event. Is that true? I did. I sponsored him from uh, JTEC, one of our local vocational schools. I talked to some JTEC students earlier, and if half of the students that graduate from trade schools are like the folks I talked to from JTEC, our industry is in fine hands. I got to tell you, they were really impressive. Yeah, I had an opportunity to do mock interviews with about 10 of their students a few weeks ago, and uh, they all were very fine young men and women that I think are going to be very successful in whatever they choose to do in life, but yeah. hopefully they stick with this career. The ones I talked to seem pretty adamant about that. A lot of them have come from other walks of life uh, into automotive because they see it as, a, as an opportunity. How did you pick the student that you sponsored? Was it random, or how did you do that? I don't know particularly which student. I recently developed a relationship with JTEC through my local chamber of commerce. Mm -hmm. And when I was speaking with one of the reps, Danielle from over there, she said that they were trying to find some of their affiliates to sponsor a total of 10 students. And she asked me, would I sponsor a student? Mm -hmm. So I sponsored one of the 10, but I was never told you are sponsoring Joe Smith, a specific one student. I think all the money went into a general pool that they needed, you know, they needed X number of dollars to bring 10 people here to, for the event, for the, the, their room, board, the cost of the training, whatever else comes into it. Wow, so all 10 students were sponsored? Yes. Wow, that's even a bigger story than I thought it was going to be. So you represent nine other shop owners and yourself, right, that stepped up to, uh, to help cover the cost of these kids to come down here. I assume they were other shop owners. I think they have an affiliation with Ford Motor Company, so they may have sponsored a few. I don't really know. I may be the only independent shop that sponsored. Great. But the long and short of it, it manufacturers were involved. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. And, wow, okay. So that's, again, an even better story than I thought it was going to be. Again, the students that I met, I did have a chance to talk to all 10. Again, they were very impressive, very diverse group. One was a diesel tech. She was very impressive, I might add, mm -hmm. which was interesting. Four of the 10 were women. So that's a 40% average, which is way above what we normally see in the industry, which in my recollection has hovered around 1%. But we're, I think we're seeing more and more women coming into the industry. Is that something you've encountered, John, in your business? Have you been noticing more women showing up? More female customers, but not more female technicians. No, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen that at all. Because I know years ago, Chrysler had a program that they were actually actively recruiting women, but for service consultant positions, specifically because of what you said, 50% of the customers out there are women. In fact, I think the ratio is even higher. It, it's closer to 60%, I believe. Yeah, that are actually bringing the car in for service. Yes, yeah, yeah. I deal with the, the female mm -hmm. of the family more often now than the male. Well, and, and that, that would be true in my case as well. I'm always on the road. So right. my, uh, my <laughs> wife handles most of those types of arrangements. Ryan, let me switch to you a little bit. Um, you are a certified technician. You're certified in six areas by ASE, I believe, correct? Yes, sir. And you've been with uh, John for how long? Uh, 16 years. Give or take. So you've been in the industry for a while. 
Yeah, um, not too terribly long before I before I started working for JJ. Yeah, I, I worked in the diesel shop for a little bit at a Ford dealer, and mm-hmm. then before that, I worked at another Ford dealer close to home. And I just happened to wander into a shop one day and put in an application out of nowhere. And yeah, it's been the best thing that ever happened to me since then. The man's taught me everything I need to know to keep going. And, you know, he's made me who I am in this job. That's a great story. And actually, that's a great compliment to you, John, Uh, being able to grow your own, I think, is what we used to call it. But that's even more important today, I believe. And I know mentoring has been taking off in a big way in our industry to make sure that the uh, those coming out of the career and technology education programs get the kind of support they need to adapt to what is a very rapidly changing technological base. For sure. But I'm curious, Ryan, from your perspective, did you go through a career and technology education program? No, sir. Were you in the military? No, sir. Okay. How did you get into the business? I got tired of paying people to fix my car. Yeah. <laughs> Good a reason as any, yeah. actually. But did you have any formal training? How did you get your education? No, sir. I learned it. Uh, I learned it mainly in the shop, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, through trial and error. And it just it happened to be something I was good at. I would have never assumed before I ever touched a wrench that wrenching would be what I was good at. Mm-hmm. But it just it comes naturally, and I'm able to figure it out. You know. And you've continued that education. Obviously, you're here at the training event, yes, so sir. it's an ongoing training situation. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, we were joking about it earlier is, you know, JJ's a pilot and he's one of his instructors say a good a good pilot never stops learning. Same thing with a mechanic. A good stop mechanic never stops learning because the industry never stops evolving. Sixteen years ago, we weren't dealing with the high speed can systems and the crazy just electronic everything controlled by 47 different computers built everywhere you have to keep evolving and training like this is the only way to do that yeah the access to information and the access to diagnostics is critical and like you say you know 20 years ago I mean, we had emission control systems but nowhere near as sophisticated if a car had one computer it was a lot yeah i remember in my days with chilton that everybody was panicking when when cadillac announced they were going to have eight computers in a car (laughs) i think you've got that actually just controlling the door locks now but yeah it's It's pretty amazing. And we're talking about a lot of change within the industry. And uh, John, I assume you've seen a lot. I started working on cars when we had leaded gas. Uh, Oh, yeah. Actually, I was driving cars when we had leaded gas. Yes, I remember that. I was talking to the students earlier and I said, you know, I remember a time when the height of technical knowledge was knowing that you could use a matchbook to file the points on a 55 Chevy and then set the gap with the cover because it was exactly 35,000 thick. Things have changed quite a bit. And Ryan, from your perspective, what have you seen over the last 16 years? What's your observation on, on where we're going as an industry? And, and, and what do you, you think is ahead? I mean, honestly, if I were to sit back and, and, and really boil that egg, it, it's electronics, electronics, electronics. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you see, like we're talking about more computers and, and you know, I, I made the association with like high-speed cans and stuff like that. I think everything is just going to go so information-based. I think you're going to have to have these younger kids with the, or even us older mechanics are going to have to learn how to, to see this technology more clearly. Um, I was talking to someone earlier, and I had heard this, and but it didn't hit home. The research necessary yeah. to do the repairs, to even just do the diagnostics, is something that's new that's been added. And I know so much so that some of the manufacturers now are looking at adding time in to the job estimate for research. It's becoming more common on the collision repair side because of the manufacturer's recommended procedures. They want to make sure they're fixing the car according to manufacturer specs due to the materials and everything else that we use. But I believe that same situation would apply on the mechanical side. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, there's there there's so much that you can't memorize anymore. Like you said, you remember the old matchbooks and the thirty five thousand. So I was like, huh? Because yeah. you know, I've obviously I've never done that. Of course, know, yeah. But you know, I mean that that same. If you were to apply that same principle almost to cars now and how they're being done, is the Audi and the Chrysler could have two completely different processes to make that same thing happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no way you could memorize every single car and every single variation of those setups to, to do that. So you have to have that research time put into it because you're not just going to walk up to, you know, said car and know, well, this is what's going to have to happen to make this. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to do this and this and this. You're going to have to follow whatever processes are involved because everybody's doing it differently nowadays. Mm. Every manufacturer is doing something a little bit differently. Every car is going to process the information a little bit differently. Everybody's going to do something just that little bit differently. And it's, it, you have to stay on top of the game to be able to do it. Yeah. And John, I guess you got to stay on top of the business model too. How many information access do you subscribe to? Uh, just to get the uh, just take care of your customers' cars. Any idea? Four that we own full time, and then you you can purchase access to some of the OEM for a twenty four or forty eight hour subscription. You know, if you if you need more detailed diagnostic uh, information. Do you find yourself doing that more buying spot information? No, not really. We have not run into that. The the aftermarket manufacturers do a pretty good job of getting the OE information and putting it out there as part of their subscriptions. Great. So you find that the aftermarket's all data, yeah. Mitchell one, that sort of thing, yeah. works great with the uh, with keeping up with the changes. Yeah, they do a very good job. What did you two think of the show? This is the first effort for the ASA Florida. What did you think of the training that was offered? John, I'll start with you. Uh, I thought it was a great event. I, I did a technical training class because I'm already heavily involved on the management side, so I didn't think there was a need for me to do a management class, and I thought the class was great. All the people that I spoke to at the trade show well, great. I, I hope they do this event again next year. I'll come back. I'll bring more people again next year. Actually, they've already said they're going to be back. And they like the venue. Um, being able to pull, I believe they had two cars up here uh, for some ADAS training is, is something unique. It's not often you find it. Ryan, what about you? What did you think of the training? Uh, oh, I thought it was fantastic. I came for like an advanced uh, waveform analysis diagnostic class. I attended my instructor's name is Brandon. I've attended one of his classes down south before. Fantastic instructor. It was great to be able to actually sit down for a, a solid eight-hour class under, you know, underneath and actually get him to dig into the information and, you know, show you just where little things that you can miss so easily. Or, you know, like I was talking to Jay, I know how to do a lot of these tests. But because of infrequency of being able to practice some of them, because, you know, you, can't, you don't have all the time in the world to just sit there and play with this stuff. Sometimes you got other cars you got to fix that are easy. You don't have the time to actually implement some of this stuff. And there are some tests that I've done that sitting through the class today, I'm like, aha, that's why I couldn't get the right signal before. You know, it, the little light bulb clicks on because you've, you've been through it. You've messed with it. You've played with it. You can get to the right answer. But there's an easier way to do it, and he just showed showed me what I just didn't realize or, you know, it really very worthwhile. It's very rewarding, and I think, you know, it's really going to make a huge difference in being able to do what we come here to do yeah. or, you know, do what we come here for is to learn how to make more money faster and more reliable and keep the customers happy. and Have those quality repairs. Well, the yes, situation sir. you described we call nuggets. And that's what you walk away with are the little nuggets. So. Yes, sir. Any thoughts, John, on, on how they could improve the program? Is there anything you saw that you'd like to see more of? I, I don't know how they went about marketing it because I'm an ASA member. 
I received an email. So I don't know how hard they went after the younger generation and anything that they might be able to do to help encourage younger people now to get into this industry because there's a tremendous shortage of technicians in this industry now and it gets worse and worse every year. So if we could encourage the young folks and say, look, there's, there's great careers in this industry if you want to get into it and then bring them to something like this that I think really could whet their appetite to perhaps pursue this as a career. I think it speaks to the, the desire by the industry. There are pressures every day. And having the flexibility to pick a different time for training it seems to have value. And again, from what I've seen, events like this are growing. This, I know, exceeded their expectations for an initial show as far as attendance goes. But it speaks to the ongoing need, Ryan, to your point, of you got to keep on top of this stuff. You know, it, uh, technology is moving fast. So. Yes, sir. And it, it, will, it will outrun you faster than you, than you think it will if you don't try and stay with it. Yeah, amen to that, brother. So... Well, gentlemen, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. John, congratulations and thank you for the, uh, for the uh, sponsorship. I think you set a great example. And I would encourage anyone else listening uh, that wants to uh, step up, take John's challenge, you know, getting some more young people, some more students to come to events like this so we can show them what the real industry is like, not the one they often perceive it to be. I think we'll go a long way towards addressing that technician shortage that you talk about, John. We, uh, we worry about that a lot at uh, ASA headquarters and I know in a lot of repair shops. It's keeping a lot of shop owners up at night. So we're doing what we can to fix that problem. But again, gentlemen, thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure. uh, And I'll look forward to seeing you at the reception this evening. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.